You are listening to Get Real Podcast. God is shaking, and it really doesn't seem like there's any end to the shaking right now. Everybody, no matter where they stand before God, is going to be shaken or has been shaken. Every institution is being shaken or will be shaken. And look at this, Dan. We are on video right now talking oh about this here we go face for radio yes Check and i am uh, <laughs> we're not that bad let's affirm one another. you're hey, looking good dude you man. look awesome no no you look good <laughs> yeah it's like those remember the chipmunks or some manner of rodent on the old cartoon that were like no by all means you first please. do you remember you, so, yeah i remember okay, that, that i remember that good. so i'm shaking because we're on video right now had to add uh, a little bit of comic relief in there but God is shaking. There is no question about it. I thought there would be some sort of reprieve, but it just keeps going on and on. But that's okay because God's behind it. He is in total control. Every institution, every person is being shaken. And I am going to kind of connect the dots here to lead into some things that are very practical for our listeners. And this is a very important addition and why we're putting this on video for our listeners to see and to view God is doing several things, and this is what I see why God is shaking. First, he's making straight that which is crooked. We are corrupt. Our world is corrupt. Dan, you are corrupt. <laughs> However, this awesome coffee that you made is... Oh, okay. Yep, okay. No, we're not... It, it, didn't, didn't, it didn't absolve me of anything. There we go. It, but is, it is delicious. It is delicious mm. coffee. It is not corrupt coffee. But we are corrupt because we are fallen. And I am going to punch evolution in the nose right now we live in a sock drawer i arrange my sock drawer probably twice a year (laughs) admission and when i do that it looks all nice neat and pretty then about two weeks later it looks like a disaster area so we live in a sock drawer we live in a world of entropy things go from order to disorder sorry evolutionists we are not evolving we are devolving. We are living in a world of devolution. We've been, we've been wanting to do a podcast on that for over a year at least. Dan, do you know how many podcasts there are? You remember that note <laughs> list we made when we first started this two years ago? Yeah. yeah. We've barely scratched the well, surface. You know what? For our listeners, it's like you and I in whatever humble offering that we try to put together here. You know what it kind of is? You know how Star, Star Wars is like through the eyes of what? R2-D2? Yes. Okay. This is this show is essentially just kind of a phone conversation. Yeah, it is. It's a typical phone conversation yeah. between you and I, and it's it is anyway. So I'm it's interrupting your flow. Ooh, tin foil that's okay. Hat. Yes, never before want, seen. Yes, there it is. The Check tin foil. Hat. We really do have one in here, and here is my Mac coffee mug for our viewers out there in TV land today. So the first thing God is doing is He is making straight that which is crooked. The second thing He's doing is He's reestablishing justice. Here is the same old song that's been going on for century after century. And yes, it's in the Bible. It'd be a whole nother podcast. The wealthy use their wealth 
to oppress others for the simple reason they can. It's in the Bible. If you look at the prophets of the Old Testament and the prophecies spoken forth, there was much spoken forth about this. And that's why judgment came to certain countries and to certain people. Because the wealthy, because they had the power to, they did it. So, justice only comes from the fear of the Lord. By wealthy interjection, I always ruin. If Glenn's got notes, I have to ruin it. Here are the notes, people. <laughs> but it's not in your fabulous handwriting. But yeah. that's all right. Um, wealthy. You're not. I know you. I know what you teach. I know what you believe, typically. Mm-hmm. But you're not talking about just a dollars and cents level and then you're wealthy. You're talking about people that are in love with power, power. and money yes. and the love of, of, of money. If you go back and you take a look at scripture and I don't want to deep dive into this today, but it yeah, is there. I got a lot. It's, it's another, it's another podcast okay. and I'm just, I'm just setting you up for the T ball softball hit off the T here. Nice. All right. There are certain clans and that's what it says in scripture, certain clans or families that have wealth and power and just like to oppress people because they can. It's scriptural. Tinfoil hat time. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, there's there's people that, that run what's going on. It has always been that way. So justice only comes through the fear of the Lord. Proverbs 1, verses 1 through 3, it says, The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, and judgment, and equity. The other thing that the shaking is doing is it's exposing false prophets and taking a wrecking ball to what we see as churchianity and religion. It really is. When do you know where it's been almost banned in the United States of America to get together? Which on the surface, we've talked about it, that looks like a very bad thing. Oh, the Constitution. I get that. I could argue some of that with you. But at the same time, I know that a lot of the group think that's going on. God wants interrupted. Yeah, he does. Mm. He does. And I've seen it where churches have tried to get back together and tried to resume the same old song, and it's gotten shut down because people are getting infected with COVID and it's not working. Well, back in our cultic days, if -hmm. you miss two or three days, you've started feeling an opening. Yeah. Yeah, you started getting more aperture towards the outside world, right? And and they have to keep you under that PTSD, you know, over and over and over again. Dan, keep you're reading that. my notes. Oh. oh no, you are? Really? What a segue, yes. Okay. Yeah, well, wow. <laughs> We've been doing this for a while, so we just, again, this is a, f- a recorded phone conversation is what this is. So, this shaking or awakening is a way of God waking people up from their slumber. Both those who are saved, the children of light, as well as the children of darkness. Because when we get shaken, we start to reconsider things. What's important? What's not important? What's truth? What's lie? What are those things? We start to think of that. And being awakened is not being woke. Being woke is a counterfeit of being awakened by the Spirit of God. All that we've seen in culture, popular culture with, oh man, I'm woke, is BS. All right. It is not. It's political garbage. Being awakened by the spirit of God is different. So basically what God is doing is he's opening people's eyes to their true condition, that they're depraved, that they are corrupted and the need for redemption by one who is perfect and holy. So what's happened to us, Dan, we've been shaken. I've been shaken over the past couple of weeks. We are not immune from this doing this podcast and doing what we've been doing. It's been kind of like running across a 
field of landmines to get to the studio to get something done. There's a lot going on. And God has wakened us up to our naivety. This is something that you and I have discussed on the phone over the past couple days, is what we have a tendency to do is to project our desire for honor and justice into the actions of other people. But other people don't live and think the way that we do. Jesus said this, this is a very hard word. He said in Luke chapter 16 at verse 8, for the children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of light. So yes, the atheists do have a point. Most people that are believers are foolish in a lot of ways. And Jesus does give us some instruction on how to avoid being foolish. And unfortunately, people don't listen to this. Matthew 10, verse 16, it said, Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Then in Proverbs 22, verse 3, he says, it says, A prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are, pu- and are punished. Evil is not just malignant action. It's distress. We are in a time of distress right now. And it's time for every believer to take a look outside of themselves, outside of their happy unicorn rainbow filled bubble and take a look at their lives as to where they've been naive so they don't wind up in the same spot or worse than before all of this started to unfold. And I know that God has been stirring in you certain things, Dan, for us as believers to look for and a way to proceed forward so that we don't proceed as the fool and have destruction come upon us. Yeah, the um, it kind of reels us too. You know, I mean, when you when you read about evil coming up on the land, I guess we all have that kind of instinctive thing where no, I'm the pro- protagonist in the tale. Yeah, I'm not the antagonist. I don't read the scripture and go like, oh, what did he say about Judas? Let me apply that to my life. <laughs> oh, Nebuchadnezzar. There's some really good life verses there. Yeah, right. <laughs> what's another one? Oh, Cain. Yes. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and we, we kind of precious moments ourselves in our walk, you know, and I feel like a stooge, dude. I'm like, I'm, it's, it's a wild ride. Right. But these times have a lot of us reeling and just kind of feeling different things. And, and even as believers, you get dizzy. You and I talked about it. I don't know if I've ever didn't been to a place where I'm less confident of truth. I don't mean by wavering. I mean, I believe the gospel. I believe in the blood. But as far as being able to understand and know everything that's going on. I need the tinfoil hat okay, now. Okay, yeah, you totally do. <laughs> well, it's just a lot. It's a lot going on. So anyway, this program, I'm very excited about it. For probably two months, I've been preparing some things on the side. I like to read a lot of books. and, and One of the um, books he's read is Put Me in the Zoo by okay, Dr. Seuss. Thank you. Poops. <laughs> Always the comedian. Always the comedian. Now we're on camera. I'm a little I know. We got to keep, keep, like, keep hey, how's it going? people engaged Check on camera. Yeah, look at that. I bought my daughter a, a fantastic uh, Rickenbacker six-string um, Midnight Blue 1991. She'll get mad at me if I don't remember. Um, but uh, so I got us both matching nice. T-shirts. That's a nice shirt. Honoring the, the Rickenbacker 330, which she likes the Smiths and like a lot of other groups. That they, anyway. I digress. So there's, um, I've been reading a lot and Glenn, 
I want to talk about some very, very, very interesting things coming upon the earth. And uh, for our listeners, I believe that your world is about to change, and it's going to change much faster than you think it's probably going to. Brings up my first point, okay? I want to talk about the rudiment, the rhythm, the fundamental, the gist of the way things happen on the earth. We're not very accustomed to something called geometric expansion or acceleration, okay? You could sit there and talk about the law of gravity and 9.8 meters per second per second, right? That's right. the formula. And you can look at it, but we get a real brief window. It's hard for us to get into that sort of accelerative model, okay? We don't feel it. So we're used to crossing the street, right? 500 years ago, somebody was using used to crossing the path or whatever. And if you transported a peasant from 500 years ago to today, he'd have to be very careful because that Toyota Corolla whizzing past him as some elegant and silent and modern and sleek and whoosh, it would be like this this incredible thing that might run him over. Why? Because the rudiment of how fast that sucker's really going, that's not in his wheelhouse. He's no. not accustomed to it. So I don't want to over-discuss that, but what I'm trying to get across is there's things that have been simmering. While you've been living and going to work and changing diapers and getting a paycheck and doing everything that you've been doing, been doing it for years, there have been underneath the surface certain technological aspects of the world that have been growing in the sidelines geometrically. Okay. And I want to talk about this linear versus geometric. Okay. So, um, there is a thing called Moore's Law. There was a computer scientist, I guess, or an engineer, something, um, in the 60s, and his name was Moore, last name. And they named a law after him because he began studying the data and the progression of the technological development of microprocessors. And these microprocessors would tend to double in speed, okay, double in power, overall power, every 18 months okay okay so since the 60s i don't remember the exact year um every 18 months these microprocessors the famous one the first one was the intel c4004 when it started out it was a certain speed a certain efficiency a certain ability of, of being able to deal with heat it had all these factors right well every 18 months that began to double it's not exact. Sometimes it's a little sooner. Sometimes it's a little later. And that was by itself? Uh, no, no, okay. no. We're not talking about AI yet okay. you know, or anything okay. like that. This is just the industry. Um, once, a lot of times, for different reasons, a lot of it has to do with capitalism, okay. with the market. The All other right. has to do with um, military prowess. Okay, I understand that. You yeah, get I get it. it. You understand it. that yeah. reconnaissance. You, you can't, once a new technology comes out, it's not an option for a major first world uh, country to, to just sit on the sidelines and watch it happen. Right. You, you can't. So those forces, market forces with you know capitalism, national security forces with governments have made it so that, okay, the, the, it has been going and going and going. And we're used to it at a certain level. We're used to, wow, you think back at your first cell phone versus your iPhone now. It's amazing. Yeah. Maybe use Samsung for our listeners if you're into Android or whatever. It's amazing where they've come in just the last few years. 
you're only going to see a portion of it as a consumer. Okay? That makes sense. Big tech. Yep. Okay? And governments, militaries, surveillance, espionage. Okay? They're going to see the more frontline stuff. The newest, the best. It's not an option for them. They have to have that. You're like, well, I guess we could budget it and cut some coupons and then upgrade our iPhone every two to three years, four years, whatever you do. Um, And then there's certain ones of you that have to have the newest, greatest. I get it. So Moore's Law, every 18 months, it doubles. Let's take this into an easier way to be able to understand it. Glenn, let's apply it to automobiles. Okay? If you had a vehicle in the 60s compared to today, and if it went along the same trajectory and development as microprocessing power, let's let's look at this. You're going to like this, Glenn. Okay. Okay. So the first microprocessor, the C4004 from Intel, okay, um, compared to today's 14 nanometer, which that's probably old by now since the article that I checked out, but um, it is Today's microprocessors 3,500 times faster. It is 90,000 times more efficient. Wrap your head around that. 90,000. 90, it's like, what if you said, dude, I bought a car, you know, and it's 19% more efficient than my last SUV of the same size. We'd be like, oh, wow. We'd be, we'd be high-fiving each other. That's all linear. This stuff has been, you know, geometric. So... 90,000 times more efficient, and the price per transistor has fallen 60,000 times. Okay, let's compare this to automobiles. Like I said, if cars mimic the same deal, cars would now drive 300,000 miles per hour, they would get 2 million miles per gallon, and they would only cost a whopping drum roll, please. <laughs> Four cents. You're kidding me. Okay, so wrap your head around that. Let that soak in for a second, okay? I want to go back to geometric expansion. Glenn, you've probably heard this. If you haven't, then answer it honestly. If you have, then play along. Okay. Um, but it's like, have you ever heard the, the, the proverbial, hey, would you rather have a million dollars cash or a penny doubled every day and then subse- subsequently doubled after that? Like, one cent to two cents to four cents, which one would you rather have? Cold hard cash right now, or if you've heard it, then just assume a voice and play along like a stooge. <laughs> hmm. I'd like... Well, hey, there's a lot of people that haven't heard it. No, this. they haven't heard it. No, okay. I, I would go, and I've heard this before, and I answered it the same way when we first talked about this. I would go for the penny a day. Okay, good. Wise choice. Let's say that you said, no, man, let me get the, the cold hard million right, right up front. Well... What you need to understand that, remember, this rudiment, you're not used to it. You're used to crossing the road, dealing with like earthly things. Geometric, we don't have many things that we can judge with that, right? So on day one, you got a penny. Day two, you got two pennies, four pennies, eight pennies, 16, 32, 64, $1.28, $2.56. It keeps going. Well, Glenn, you know what's amazing? Is if your buddy makes the opposite choice and he's sitting there like Scrooge McDuck swimming, swimming, <laughs> swimming in, yeah. in his million dollars. You can cold do hard that. Cash. You can you can swim in cold hard cash. Okay, yeah. yeah. He's he's like, you know, he's got it working, doing the backstroke. Glenn, 18 days. Okay, as a small business owner, if I'm halfway past the middle of the month and I'm not rocking, I, I start getting scared. Mm-hmm. I need cash reserves to cover, cover payroll and insurances. And Oh my goodness, what are right. we going to do, right? So if you have a bad month and you're 18 in, 
I'm not used to geometric profitable expansion at the end of the month. So on the 18th day, you know what the total is? What is it? If you did, I would say nerd. Because <laughs> why would you know that? But just another glorious opportunity to make fun of Glenn. Thank you. Um, 18 days in, it's $1,310.72. What a paltry sum compared to your buddy's million, million dollars. Bucks. Million yeah. bucks, right? So you're, you're more than halfway through the month. You're looking at your buddy picking out his Lamborghini, and you're sitting there with $1,300. You know? Yeah. Big difference. So, but here's what's been going on. The microcosm is this. That's where we might be right now. Okay? So all of the days since that you've been alive, you and I are almost 50s, late 40s. Um, and all of these years that we've been alive and we've seen the advent of the internet happen and we've right. seen the transition from um, you know, vinyl to, to, CD. to tape and, and, and compact disc yeah. and, and CD and then um, digital streaming and all these different things progressing underneath the surface. And you know what? We've got the paltry sum of 1300 and what is it? Uh, $1,300 and something, $10.72. We're kind of there, I believe. And you go even another few days. Let's go all the way to 25 days. Well, this starts to get a little more impressive. A penny a day subsequently doubled every single day at the 25-day mark is $167,772.16 whopping cents. But still, compared to your buddy, you're not swimming in that. No, not at all. No. So that's where we're at. That's a microcosm of where we're at. There's two more that I'll briefly touch on. One, I don't know if this is true. It's probably not. It's too on the nose to be true. But they say that the founder of chess was in India hundreds and hundreds, centuries and centuries ago. He invented the game, offered it to the king or the sultan or whatever grand poobah they had, right? Gave it to him, and the king was like, whoa, he was so stoked on the game. He's like, this is awesome. <laughs> he was like, you know what? You can pick out whatever whatever you ask, I will give you. And the wise guy that invented chess said, The wise guy. <laughs> yeah. He goes, you know what? I'll take a grain of rice a day and subsequently doubled same model and the king was like what a that's nothing yes yes oh i knew i liked that guy right (laughs) and then a couple of weeks later they had him hauled in and executed and the reason they did because if you did that subsequent doubling upon every square of the chessboard by the time you reach the end of the chessboard it is more rice than that guy had in his kingdom in fact it's the modern day world supply of rice right now times a thousand years worth of rice okay so the power of geometric expansion is scary one more example not to belabor the point but i want you to get this because you need to know that you're about to be baffled you're you're like what is happening did aliens land what what happened maybe they did but what the next one is this. Glenn, a simple piece of paper like your notes here. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to destroy them because they're so beautiful That's and okay. linear. Mm-hmm. But if you took a piece of paper like that and you were able to fold it once, that is one of the rare physical wrap your hands around it geometric expansions. It just went from whatever one width thick to two. Now fold that same thing over. You have four. Fold the same thing over. It it is a literal hold-in-your-hand geometric model of what you can do. Do you know if you could fold this piece of paper a simple 42 times, 
Do you know how far that expansion would be? I, I really don't know. The distance from the Earth to the moon, according to NASA, which I don't believe. I don't but that's believe another, that. <laughs> that's another podcast. Anyway, not to scare anybody, but I'm sorry. I've been lied to. I, my eye be twitching. Okay? So it would reach at 42 times. You know, at 50 times, it would reach to the sun. Wow. And so it's an amazing thing that right at the end it goes crazy. All right. Don't I, want to believe it. I hear that. the mines melting out there. Okay. So are you with me, people? I'm going somewhere. Don't let it drag. Be like, ooh, okay, I get that. That we're not used to dealing with geometric acceleration and expansion. It's something that happens very mathematically, but it's something that we don't witness on the farm. Yeah, man, no. that chicken just took off. Man, well, he actually, hit Mach 3. Okay, <laughs> we might see it. If you have a really fast chicken and he's booking it, then he probably did a little bit of geometric acceleration, but not, not for long enough for you to get That's what Mac did it. out the door just a hey, few minutes ago. That was funny, dude. Him. I'm chuckling as Glenn's like touring the neighborhood trying to track down that dog. Okay, the five things. I want to read the five things, list them off. There are five things that are getting ready to change your life. This is not a complete list. You may have a completely different angle. I did the best I could. I researched this for a couple of months, and I looked at it, and I tried to pick. A lot of these are intertwined, okay? And then they're going to have a synergistic effect that's going to accelerate them even more. So we know from Moore's Law, computer processing power behind all of this is getting better and faster and faster and faster. That means we don't really wax political on this um, program, but think just a presidential term in four years. That's more than two 18-month cycles, am I right? 18 yes. times two is 36. 36. It's a little more. So if you started out going uh, 100 miles an hour, right, then you're going 200 miles an hour and then 400 miles an hour. So you could see like a quadrupling of computer power. I don't know about you. I don't know about our listeners, but I do know this. Glenn, a few years ago, Two years ago, in fact, if I were to sit down on my sofa and go like, man, my insurance is going crazy. Look at this workman's comp or look at this auto insurance or my commercial rates on this. About a day and a half to two days later, whatever internet I'm on would start pounding me with ads for insurance rates right. over and over and over and over again. Now, have you noticed? I think it takes about 10 seconds. Oh, it's Have instant. you noticed that? It's okay. instant. But yeah. it, used, it wasn't no. previously. So that's an example of what I'm saying. And we know that. We get the consumer end of this, you know. But, okay, there's going to be these five things, I believe. Number one, artificial intelligence. Number two, blockchain. Number three, cryptocurrencies. Number four, energy. Batteries, solar, sustainable energy, energy things, a quantum leap in energy. Number five, robotics and automation, okay? I want to book through this because I want to give you all some really, really good information about this stuff because it's absolutely fascinating. And while you do that, Dan, I'm going to research something while you do that because it just, something just clicked. You're going to you throw said. my ADD off. It's okay. I am. I am. But it you is. go with what okay. you're going to say okay. and I'm so going to research I'm going to pretend here. like people are listening to me out there because if you don't notice, I bend my neck around to talk to you because it's conversational. It is conversational. And then when you're doing something else, I'm like, but... But he's not listening he's not to listening me, to and then my ADD goes crazy. But that's okay. Glenn ruined the program again. Again. I'm just Sorry, kidding. people. All right. Let's start off by talking about, remember, we've got this amazing computer power, way more than you think that we do, right? Artificial intelligence. 
Artificial intelligence is essentially, it's when you make a computer program with an algorithm, special formula, that's capable of self-learning, okay? It's you make something and then you can, you can get it to learn something and then you come back to it five days later and it's like, wow, you are really good at Miss Pac-Man now and the computer had never played it before. So it starts out like this young kid and then it's wobbling around trying to learn how to walk and then you come back a week later, you know, and the scary thing about it, remember that geometric stuff? You may come back three days later and it's like flying an F-16. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, so it's it's a very different sort of deal. I want to talk about a main example to kind of wrap your head around it. We mentioned chess earlier. Chess tends to attract very high IQ people. Yep. The champions, there's nobody that's like a dullard that's going to be a chess champion. It's a big deal. Well, chess is nothing compared to a game called Go. And I don't know how the Chinese pronounce it. And I don't know, I think it was originally Chinese. I'm pretty sure that it was. And it was culturally shared because the Japanese occupied China and then Korea was occupied by the Japanese as well. And I don't know how it got all over the place, but all of those countries are famous for this game. This game is actually, it's the longest continuously played board game in the world. It's been around for, Glenn, catch this, three to 4,000 years. Really? Yes, okay. And it is so complex, okay? I didn't even believe this when I read it, okay? But this is why it's got an intrinsic special quality to it when it comes to AI. Glenn, the possible board configurations mm -hmm. mathematically outnumber the predicted number of atoms in the universe. Really? According to science, which I have a problem with a lot of it, but... Glenn, it's the most complex board game in the world. That's why this was the holy grail. It's probably why I don't have it downstairs on the entertainment shelf. <laughs> <laughs> For like, man, these checkers are hard to figure out. Dude, I'm still a go fish. <laughs> Old maid. <laughs> well, anyway, super smart people all over the world, they battle it out and they play this. Hello, pretty dog. I don't know. They can't see this cute little dog distracting me. Hey. <laughs> um, so, Glenn, it's called Go. Okay. Well, Google had a or has a program called the deep mind project okay. headquartered i think in london they got a bunch of brainiacs together and they were all into ai artificial intelligence and they're like we're going to make a program that's going to be able to learn mm -hmm. they cheated a little bit in my estimation with the very first one that they did and this was i don't know how many years ago but a few quite a few years ago they got together and they actually gave it games to observe so it could study matches that had been played. Okay. Okay, so yeah. a little bit of a cheat, a little bit of an mm -hmm. advantage. So it was able to study from all the famous Go Masters and any recorded games that they ever had and start learning and learning and learning. Well, eventually, they were able to defeat the European champion. The European champion was nowhere close to the, like, top dog, okay? And um, eventually, Glenn, it got better and better and better and it blew their mind. And Glenn, you gotta look. See this guy's face? Look at his face right there. I put that up for a reason. Oh, wow. We're all gonna share in that. That was one of the Go champions of the world. His name is Lee Sedol. He's a, a Korean. And he was so despondent after being defeated by this machine um, four games out of five. Okay, this is in the early days of this program. It was called AlphaGo. Okay. And AlphaGo whooped him. And it really gave him an existential crisis. It really, I think he retired, 
Okay, it freaked him out. And you need to understand, he's a microcosm for the rest of humanity. We're going to have a lot of displaced workers. Don't even get me started. Everybody's going to feel displaced and defeated eventually by a machine. One of the things that I was thinking about this morning as I woke up was with the way things that are accelerating so quickly and changing so fast. Jesus talks about, in the book of Luke, how hearts, men's hearts will fail them for fear. Mm-hmm. And you take a look at that look on that man's face when things change so quickly it adds such a level of stress to your life uh i mean that that's the quintessential picture right there glenn it gets worse some of this i'll just touch on it very quickly you look at the defeat in that man's face it whooped him four games to one it was televised this is a huge deal Okay, in in these Asian countries, it's a big deal, and he's in shame on national television. Oh yeah, no, it was a big deal because before the first guy, the European champion, they were like, oh well, okay, yeah, the guy was he was not at our level. This guy was one of the big dogs. Okay, later on, after they learned doing that, they invented another program called AlphaGo Zero. AlphaGo Zero, they never let it look at any played game. All they did was show it the rules, and they said, learn it. This The first one had to be on a big computer system, very substantial. The second one, not so much. Smaller computer. It was maybe, I don't know, maybe 10 years later. I don't know how long. Glenn, the second one, AlphaGo Zero, destroyed the first one. The first program, battling out AI to AI, it could it made never Made it look win. like child play. Just... Yeah. So let me put it this way. Alpha goes zero. There's not a human being that can even approach. There was one game that it had. They were televising it in China. I'm not sure if it was taking place in China. I think it was. They were filming it in China, and they had all these go masters and everything. All of a sudden, the computer just plays in the center of the board, like one of these pieces. And it was like, oh, you know, like. Nobody does that. Why would it do that? And they thought, this thing is glitching. It's a glitch. Nobody would ever do that. But it was so deep. It had already played millions of games in its mind. Billions of games. What do they say? To glean mastery in something, you have to go around 10,000 hours. It did that like in probably the first few hours it was awake. (laughs) Do you understand? It turned itself into a go master. That's insane. So, Glenn, it put a chip in the middle of the board. Everybody's like, oh, it whooped him so bad the Chinese cut the, the feed. Really? Okay, it was an embarrassment. Do you know that from what I understood, from what I read, that that kind of motivated the Chinese to as a furious developer of artificial intelligence? It was, it was an interesting thing, but it probably wasn't the best from a national right, security right, standpoint. Right. But so the AI race is on. Let me comfort everybody for a second. There's two forms of AI, the science fiction kind that's going to rise up. I will destroy man, you know, or or Hal from the movie from uh, 2001. (laughs) Okay, that's what is known as general AI. Okay. And that's the AI that I will be the mastermind brain of everything. Robot overlords. That's way far away. Okay, that's that. What we're talking about is called narrow AI. Narrow AI is you make an AI program that looks at MRI scans and x-rays and can do it 5 million times better than any human doctor that has ever been born or ever will be born. And they are starting to have them. So then an algorithm 
like we experience when we podcast that picks up our podcast based upon people's likes, dislikes, and things like that. Mm-hmm. When we're not being censored by the liberals. We media. don't get dislikes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we need to talk. Um, algorithms are basically a form of narrow AI. Would that be correct? It's even general AI would have an algorithm. Algorithm okay. is like, it's the formula. It's the math that animates that um, learning behavior. Okay, they've just, made such a complicated formula and they've tried to reproduce human decision-making mm-hmm. and they've taken what humans do the best and have narrowly tried to perform an expertise. Okay, And so it's, it's unrealistic at this point. I don't think that it's impossible if the Lord would let things go on that long for there to be general AI in a hundred years or 50 years, or I don't know, with the rate that it's going, who knows? And then if AI develops general AI, if a group of narrow AIs start coordinating, then it gets a little scary. Yeah. So narrow AI, it could be, it, it's specific. They have one about music and it's studied the nuances of Beethoven and, and Debussy and and like all these Chopin. different people ch- chopping. <laughs> chopping. And it could make, it could go, you know what? I want to hear Beethoven, but I'd like it played like Chopin. Mm-hmm. And they can do that. Ooh. And they can do like all this this weird stuff because... It picks up on things. It can develop a mastery so quickly. Okay. Siri, I'd like to hear Jack Johnson play like Black Sabbath. Siri frustrates. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I didn't catch that. (laughs) Siri frustrates me, and I almost think it's intentional. I almost think they don't really want to know how sly AI is. Well, we get the dumbed down version of it. Yeah, and then we get the dumbed down version. And I'm just like, Siri, where's the closest gas station? She's like, Melbourne, Australia. And I'm like, stop. You know, you ever get <laughs> yeah. that? It's like 490 yep. miles away. And I'm like, yep. that's for a gas station. I think part of that is intentional. And part of that's just because I'm out in the boondocks trying to drive around. But so, Glenn, AI and narrow AI, it's going to change things. And I'm, let's see, maybe one more example. X-rays, doctors, it's going to change things. There's going to be areas of expertise. There's going to be massive displacement that there will be almost nothing that a human will be able to do as good as AI. And we're all going to feel what this. See that guy's face again? Look at him again. Yeah, he's yeah. And that's what we're going to see. And I think this is going to lead to a shift in the economy. Oh, 100 percent. It's going to displace work. That's what I was going to talk about. Glenn, if you went back in a time machine and it's like 1910, right? And you looked around. Well, power, the United States power grid, my dad grew up part of his life with no power. His mom grew up with no power, no electricity, yeah, right? It hadn't right. been that long. Well, they thought in the early late 1800s, early 1900s, they were postulating all these ideas about how apocalyptic the displacement of workers would be. But power was linear, the the it went to the cities and Chicago and New York and you know parts of the Northeast and New Jersey and Connecticut they got it way before like where right. my people were yeah. from your people had it way before mine did yeah. and um so but it was it was more linear it wasn't something that was doubling like every eighteen months in in this weird efficiency well just think about indoor plumbing yeah that's a relatively new invention it is you know if you think about it yep well. So, Glenn, if you go back to 1910, 1920, and you think about what happened just within 50 years, 100 years, it went from no airplanes to jets and rockets and whatever else. 
it went from um, we don't have power to we have a refrigerator, we have washer, dryer, we have all these different things. Life changed like crazy, and none of that was based off of a geometric expansion of computing power. Yeah, None of it. It was linear. And there, there's a point that I want to make to our listeners, and my wife Deb and I were talking about this the other night in terms of technology. You remember in 1989 when they unveiled the stealth fighter and the stealth bomber? I do. And that was like, whoa, look at that cool technology. Then they caveated it, and they're like, yeah, this has been around since 1976, 1977. So going back to what you were saying earlier, what we see and what is being used that we see is basically about 10, 15 years behind. Oh, yeah, the curve. if they show it to you. Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's behind the curve. And I'm a personal believer that that people deep embedded in the organizations that run everything, the wealthy, like you were talking the about The wealthy early, clans, yes. The wealthy clans, um, I believe that they have a lot of this stuff that would freak you out, and they've had it for a long, long time. Yeah. So the interesting thing, so uh, that narrow AI, it whooped the Go champions, embarrassed China, and set China on a big thing. So AI, artificial intelligence, is going to change your life. Let's talk about blockchain and crypto. Going to put them together. Okay. Okay, because they, okay. were, they were birthed together. Yep. Okay. Um, basically, it's this. You've all heard of, of Bitcoin. Okay, everybody's like, yeah, cryptocurrency. People may not have wrapped their head around it, Okay. I want to start, there was a guy or a group, we don't know, um, Satoshi Nakamoto, and they don't know if he was a group, they don't know if he's part of the beast, they don't know if he's, there's one Australian guy that it's kind of credible that it's him, um, but they don't know. After the collapse of banking in 08, 09, in that crisis, there was a group online of super brainiac smart dudes, they were called the cyberpunks. Okay. I heard of them, yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. And they were into, some of them were fascinated with cryptology, with things that, how can we work on, on things being secret and, and, and all these different things. So they were obsessed with encryption. And this one guy started just kind of almost ethereally imagining what is it about currency? What makes gold valuable? And then it, this is where it also gets into the esoteric slightly. Do you know that the modern, like the 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 gold and silver back English pound, or the dollar before it was, you know, fiat airballs, right? Um, <laughs> I love the way you put that, fiat airballs. <laughs> Stacy can put that down in the get real thesaurus of Glenn and Danisms. Fiat. He's, he's going to get a hand cramp. Airballs. <laughs> um, but before all of that, do you know that uh, Mr. Gravity himself, Mr. Um, Alchemy, Isaac Newton. Isaac Newton, mm -hmm. which was scary smart. But if you don't think that that guy was completely deep, 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 deep into the whole like mystical, mystical schools, yes. all that stuff. He, he was. was completely. But one of the things, if you were to go and pluck one of the hairs off of his um, whatever remains, if they're still available and you tested it, you would find that it was super duper contaminated with mercury. And the reason was he was obsessed with alchemy as are most people in the secret societies. Well, part of his writings, the, okay, this just to let you know, Sir Isaac Newton was, he was smart, okay? He invented calculus or discovered it, right? The mathematical laws and yeah. rules. God invented it, he discovered there. it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so he discovered calculus, but it's still, you know, you're not going to be like, mama, I'm done milking the cow. 
I think I'm going to go discover calculus. You know, he's a smart dude, right? He was a smart dude. Well, he, he invented calculus and just threw his notes in, in a trunk for 27 years until a colleague that was trying to get his help working on something about an ellipse and something else was like, Isaac, what, what is it? And he's like, yeah, 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 that's something I just came up with. <laughs> that's where calculus it was out of his trunk did that, did that in my free time <laughs> yeah after milking a goat or something right so he was a whacked out dude but you need to understand i'm going somewhere with this the add can be fun it can be entertaining stay with me because i know that it can also be annoying um when isaac newton was so into alchemy alchemy in the most misunderstood cursory sense would be, oh, I'm going to try to do some sort of chemical magic trick and turn lead into, into gold. gold, which what would that do? It would undermine the intrinsic value of gold or silver being precious, right? Right. It would make it worthless. The Midas touch would ruin it, right? Mm -hmm. So that alchemical understanding that, oh, I can do this. I can take mercury and this and abracadabra, and I'm going to pull out a bar of gold when I just had a bunch of old lead fishing weights, right? Right. Well, the fact that he failed at least in that part of it. And this is all the narrative too. I hate disclaimers, but I just know too much about certain other things. But let's pretend for a second that it's simpler than it really is. Um, the fact that he failed on being able to turn anything else into a precious metal meant that, okay, okay, we can trust in this. We can back notes. Nobody's going to be able to go, aha. So that's where it comes from. Then that's where the okay. more, the, the the early parts of the modern banking system, and remember, secret societies and central banks, they, they tie in. The, the early part of gold and silver-backed currency, the English pound, okay, some of that had to do with gleaning. At least that's what they gave the little people. That's the explanation. We're okay. talking little people's definitions. Yeah. Okay. Did it have, you know, who knows? They probably are able to, to turn lead into gold um so then all that stuff was happening and that gave people in for modern economies the confidence to be able to make paperback notes that were backed by the, the king's gold okay and fort knox and the whole thing that we did right so there there's a lot of that going on um blockchain and cryptocurrency um Nakamoto, let's just imagine that he's a guy. This guy came up with the idea that what if we mimicked a currency and its intrinsic value was the same as gold because it could not be reproduced. Oh, let's boy. making it let's make it okay. alchemically virtual, alchemically unduplicatable. I got it. So he came up with an algorithm. This show was brought to you by algorithms. <laughs> he came up with an algorithm that he said, which was blockchain. And blockchain was essentially the little small definition is being able to make something that cannot be duplicated. So the intrinsic value of what happened is this guy was like, aha, I just need a, made a program that's unhackable. You always kind of get the little Titanic jitters when you say that, but yeah. essentially yeah. that's what he did, right? So then he said, you know what? Let's imagine this with gold. You have to mine it. You have to work to get it. You have, there's only so much of it. So he made a program for cryptocurrency that he modeled it after real gold. There needed to be work done to be able to mine it. There needed to be power expended to be able to get to it. 
So, so he made all these components and then he goes, well, let's make it so the algorithm will count down. And then there's only a finite number because there's only so much gold on the planet. Right. Mm-hmm. That's right. And so they made it that way. And so they made a wonderful, amazing way to be able to have currency that it has no kingdom associated with it. It has no central bank. It has no Manhattan skyline office. It has, um, you can't go shut it down. It was cast like dust and spread all over the place. And now people have these coins that are this unhackable algorithm. And people have been buying and selling, a lot of it nefarious. Yeah. People yeah. were like, I would like, you know, uh, a a crate of, of slaves, right? Yep. Or I'd, I'd like a pallet of heroin. Yep. And in the early days, there was a lot of that stuff going on. What it did is it decoupled from, from the centrality of banking. Right now, if I'm to buy something and I go on PayPal and I want to buy, ooh, cool, there's a, a vintage 1988 ALF puppet, right? <laughs> yep. And I go and bid on it and I win the bid and I pay 130 smackaroos to be able to get my ALF puppet. Well worth it. <laughs> Absolutely. I'd pay $1,372. And then, so then I, I get that. Well, I go on PayPal and I click that button. You know, there's all sorts of things going on. Okay. There's my bank, there's PayPal, there's the banks that are supported by PayPal. There's behind the scenes, the central reserve. There's all these different things. There's Visa and MasterCard. There's a chain of different people. It's very complicated. It happens maybe in an instant. And if it doesn't happen in three seconds, I'm like, man, this is the way we're such complainers. We've gotten used to instant. I lost with the alpha <laughs> What's wrong with this dumb program? We're like doing miracles. You know? We're yeah. so spoiled. We are. But uh, so, so you get what I'm saying. There's tons of people in the background making that transaction happen. Well, the beauty of Bitcoin and the beauty of blockchain and you could go really deep on this. I'm going to keep it simple. It's a thing that doesn't really exist, but it kind of does. It's computer code that makes a coin that's not really a coin, but it's a spendable entity that can't be duplicated that you can just send to someone via text message. So you could be in the outback of Australia, but you're happen to be close enough to a cell tower. And I'm like, hey, I want a piece of that meteorite. <laughs> Good day, mate. Okay, Joe Dirt. <laughs> I'd like to buy a piece of that meteorite and then and, and some Vegemite, right? And so then I send a text message to that guy and we do a little transaction in Glenn instantly. We didn't go through PayPal. We didn't go through the Central Reserve. We didn't go through Australia. We had nothing to do with the United States of America. We didn't go through any governing body or anything. We went peer to peer, person to person, human to human. Boom. And I just paid him a million dollars in Bitcoin for a chunk of meteorite and um, a jar of Vegemite, right? Wow. And so there's an amazing thing that just happened there, and we'll get into that, okay? So the thing that makes that possible is called blockchain. And all I've described to you so far is that blockchain is not duplicatable. It's not hackable, okay? So let me talk a little bit about blockchain. So cryptocurrency, there's a Bukus of different types of crypto right now, most famously, is Bitcoin. Yep. Okay. You can obviously see the challenge that, ooh, the tension between central bank people and beast people and government people, the wealthy, the power people, 
and then decoupling from centrality to not be centralized. Oh, it's game on it's, like Donkey Kong fight. This that. is kind of like 1517. It's kind of like the Reformation. Yeah. Though, if you're going to have anything to do with heaven, you're going to have anything to do with, with Jesus, you're going to go through El Papa, right? Right, the central bank of the church. Exactly. Yeah. And then yeah. when Luther broke off and did that, it was like, oh, that cannot happen. We lost our power. Yeah. We, yeah. 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 So there's going to be some of that. Blockchain. It's basically this, Glenn. There's a private key or password, and there's a public key or password. Okay? Each block is some information. Instead, here's the secret of blockchain. Glenn, if you had a bunch of gold, what would you do with it? I'd buy Mac, who is down by my lap right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, let's say that all of a sudden you're scared. You think the dollar is going to collapse and you buy a million dollars in gold. So now you're here in the south of the United States of America and you've got a million dollars of gold. What do you got? Are you going to, if I went to the supermarket, I would be afraid to leave my million dollars of gold. Oh, absolutely. So what do you do with it? Get a safe, a yeah, safety deposit safe, box? Yeah, a safe in the house. What would William Devane do with it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Let's call up William Devane and ask him what he would do with his Well, gold. here's the problem. When you go logically and you go, man, I got to build a big safe or buy a big safe. Okay, so you put a big safe. The safe has done you a service and a disservice at the same time. The service it does is it makes it harder to get to. The disservice if it's like, hey, everybody, hey, nefarious malefactors, here's where the good stuff's at. Yeah, it's in my backyard. It, it did the work in the for safe, them, yeah. Right? So exactly. what do you know? You know that the good stuff is in the safe. That's where we live right now. Everything that we do financially online, everything that we do um, is the walled garden approach, Okay. It's like um, Google stores data in these huge data centers, and they buy property right beside a river with a hydroelectric dam. They really do to save on power because right. it takes huge power. And then they have a big safe because information's worth more than gold. Oh, yeah. And they put all that info in it, and it's like there. And the hackers are just like, yeah, just wait. Computers are doubling every, every 18 months. Oh, yeah, I'm pretty good. And then they know where the good stuff's at, okay? So corporations... Google was never designed from the ground up to be the financial super highway that it is. Okay, but it is. Yeah. Okay. So it's like it was originally a canoe and now we're using it for a cruise ship. I mean, it was not. Oh, designed. aircraft carrier. Yeah, that's what yeah. it is. So there was no intrinsic architecture from its beginnings that ever had security in mind. It's always been an afterthought. So it's a walled garden full of carrots trying to keep the rabbits out. Okay, but these rabbits are smart, bro. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's where the carrots conniving. are. Conniving, they're like... <laughs> evil rabbits. No, no evil mm. rabbits are yep. trying to figure out how are we going to get to the carrots. So your safe did you a disservice. Your million dollars of gold will eventually be vulnerable as soon as they know that you have it. Probably better to spread it out and maybe put it in one of those cans that looks like shaving cream and a little bit more over here and some of it stuffed in your speakers and, you know, just hide it behind your, your metal posters or, you know, whatever. That would probably be better. You know what the ultimate is? Hiding in plain sight. Okay, so the understanding of blockchain can be a little bit like this. What if you could grind it down into a fine dust and throw it everywhere? Just let the wind take it. But then you have the power to summon it back up into form. 
Wow. Perfect security would not be hidden conspicuously. Perfect security could be provided by casting it public. So the more public you make it, the more secure it is. Okay. Paradoxical. Okay. Right? Yep. And that it is, is a little bit that crazy. That is crazy. Well, what, what blockchain did is it is an open public ledger. And the good thing about it being a public ledger means that every time you add a block to the chain, you have to do what's called a proof of work or the algorithm will go through a proof of work. And before it will allow you to do a transaction with the chain, it will verify on tons of different computers out all over the net. Remember the main advantage, at least what we were told from DARPA or whoever invented the net or whatever, that in the case of nuclear war with the Soviet Union, the internet would be the web. Mm -hmm. And if they tried to shut down our communications, they couldn't do it because every little web, it'd be too intricate for them to completely cut off communication. That's exactly what Al Gore told us after he invented. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't even get me started. <laughs> My blood pressure just went up like 40 points. So... That, that's the way they did it. It's similar with blockchain. Okay. Okay. It makes it so that there is no official centrality. There's no official keeper. It's just out there. Okay. I'd liken it to this. People in a younger generation than we are, the, the 30-somethings, okay, they were very much the first generation in college that was bit-torrenting and ripping off movies. Yes. Yes. Okay. That's right. Big yep. deal. Yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. Very much Napster. less much less sophisticated, okay? But BitTorrent, from what I understand, that goes and looks out there to anybody that's got that movie and takes just a couple of grains of dust from them and a little bit of dust and a little few bits over here, and it puts together a yes. movie by just scraping little bits and pieces from 100,000 different computers. So it doesn't feel like stealing, and it's very difficult for someone to enforce the fact if you watch it and then erase it, it's like, can they show that you grabbed that movie and took it home with you? Or did that movie come from cosmic dust into your computer and now it's gone back into dust again? Right. It's, it's, take that portion of it and you can kind of understand the reasoning behind blockchain. Okay, I'm going to move on. Blockchain's more complicated. It's two passwords. It's an open public ledger. It's going to be something that has to be verified by maybe 9,000 different computers before you can tamper with it or even add to it or do a transaction with it. It's going to go and look and search all these other people's computers. And if one little point of your chain, if you're trying to hack, is different than all the other 9,000 that it's verifying, you're out. So every transaction makes it more secure. So the next year, it's even more secure because oh, wow. the chain is longer wow. and the chain is longer. Okay, so it's a definite deal. So that's the core behind cryptocurrency. But blockchain on its own, get a load of this, Glenn. It's going to change industries like you would not believe. Odometer fraud will go away in the next few years. Medical records will be secure and accurate verification of manufacturing integrity can be verified perfectly at every step in manufacturing. If you're buying coffee that says that this is fair trade coffee and mm -hmm. it's organic and then this, it can be verified through blockchain and people will not be able to censor it. It's another That's thing. a key right there. Do you notice that almost everything that I'm telling you from AI to blockchain to crypto is decentralizing? And I'll get to that at the end, but it's very decentralizing. So all of a sudden, you can't even tamper with the blockchain. 
So if a government says, I don't like that information, I don't like that book, if it's in the chain, sorry, you're not moving. <laughs> That's a big deal. It's a huge That's deal. That's a big deal. It's a huge yeah. deal, Glenn. So other things, um, the way that you get in and out of your vehicle and make your vehicle run, the keys that you use are going to change. Insurance is going to completely change. Um, what is going to change? Uh, let me see. I wrote some of these. Odometer fraud, need for insurance, real estate title insurance, smart contracts. Okay, I mentioned this before in a previous podcast, but blockchain is going to change the way that musicians get paid. We interview a lot of musicians. We do, right? Yeah. So instead of going on iTunes and saying, man, I really dig this song um, by uh, Kenny G. <laughs> I'm sorry, Kenny. You're excellent at what you do. But it would be poisonous it's not for, for us. Me. Sorry. It's as nice as I can let you down. But let's say that I wanted to spend 99 centavos on a Kenny G tune from the 90s. Okay. Right? Just get me in that mood. Just, do, I'm going to go and little over, songbird. over moose my hair. I'm going to bring the wet look back <laughs> fast. Okay. So I go and I spin and I click 99 cents. Once again, it's going to go through PayPal and go through Apple and go through this and Visa and MasterCard and this and the central bank and my bank and this and back and forth and verify. And every time it switches, it's vulnerable to hacking, yeah. right? So guess what it's going to do? With blockchain, it can be peer-to-peer -peer using crypto and with a smart contract. Well, and here's the other thing, and we've heard this from musicians that we've worked with, that by the time they get their cut from iTunes, that 99 cents you spend, mm -hmm. it ain't 99 cents they're getting. Exactly. It's a very, very small Now imagine that. that Apple's not even in the thing anymore. You're getting it straight from Kenny, man. We want to support Kenny G. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So all of a sudden, I spend that 99 cents, and let's say that Kenny gets 33 cents, and gives another 33 cents to his saxophone tuner, <laughs> and then the other 33 to his hairstylist yeah, to his, to, it's for moose you have That's to have moose gotta have moose we're so wrong dude let's it's drink the, on that one a little the bit coffee. of a little coffee hey. anything that we've said off today is 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 it's, it's the sumatran. coffee yeah sumatran coffee with a little himalayan salt in mm, it yep mm. just a little bit good stuff and 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 what did i talk about the raw milk raw milk yeah, dan milked the cow Dude, I, and like, then discovered calculus after milking the cow for this I, coffee i raised that cow okay <laughs> kenny g 33 cents for moose 33 cents for him and 33 cents for the guy that works on the sacks okay well if it's peer-to-peer -peer using crypto it doesn't go through the central bank which will i know that will create a massive problem i know that is like that is the language of war. That I is, know that yes. things will... I'm not a utopian. I get it. But in in our world, for ease of explanation, so we can wrap our heads around it, he gets 33 cents, okay? But here, the distribution is taken care of by the blockchain because in that block of information has a distribution contract built in. So there's no chance for fraud. There's no chance of him having a greasy lawyer that uses even more moose right right no chance of him stealing that 33 cents away from the moose fund or from the the, the sax the tuner yeah yeah right the smart contract will divvy it up so it's going to go you press the button send it the smart contract divides it and sends it peer-to-peer -to, -peer to all three individuals no deductions no centralized control nothing straight to them 
no opportunity for hacking, and it was an unhackable transaction. Wow. Amazing. And that's going to eliminate like 19 things. Okay? Amazing. So that's blockchain. That's cryptocurrency. That's way under explaining it, but that's where we're going to leave it. Okay. Some of that makes sense. You it think makes it's sense. Clear? Makes total sense. Let me close the door real sure quick. Thing. We I got dogs barking. Right back. Dogs are barking like crazy. Okay. Keep going. Oh, okay. All right, I'm going to pour me some coffee here. Not that I need any more. I'm not going to sleep for three days, but that's okay. Let me know if you need any more. I am good right now. Okay. All right. So, Glenn, just in quick review, not to belabor it, but we have artificial intelligence. It's going to change your life faster than you think it is. Blockchain. Cryptocurrency. Number four. Want to talk about sustainable or more sustainable energy. This is very broad. That's why I said it that way. But let me just throw one out there for you. Glenn, imagine right now we have batteries. Everybody is uh, pretty familiar now with we've gone from lead acid, nickel, hydra, you know, all these lithium ions. Lithium ion. That's the one everybody talks about right now. Well, the smart people at Samsung, okay, um, there's a particular dude at Samsung named Gun Lee, Young Gun Lee, and he's a smart dude, right? And after he got finished milking the cow, you know, they were like, what are you going to do, Lee? He was like, you know, I'm going to go and invent what's called the solid state battery. You and I are familiar with solid state, solid yeah. state versus tubes. Yep. All our guitar player friends are like, yeah, man, yeah, tubes, solid, solid yeah. state. Yep. There's advantages to each. I love that tube sound. Oh, it's got a beautiful warm sound to I it. I love that reliability and just raw power of solid state. You can get into get into both. Um, this is a little bit different. Solid state batteries. Sandwich layers of lithium, nickel, cobalt, manganese oxide with sulfate and solid electrolytic tops of nanocomposite layers of silver carbon with a stainless steel mesh. <laughs> so he came up with that on his lunch break, right? Yeah. I was just playing some Go and some chess with, um, and he figured out supposedly how to make a solid state battery. Okay, imagine the world you know right now, full of electronic devices, laptops, Teslas, hybrids. I drove a hybrid yeah, over here. you did, right? Yeah. Um, imagine that if you bought a Tesla, I've driven a great one and, and I did the auto, it, it drove through Myrtle beach with me and the, the, a surgeon friend of mine. Let me, let me drive it, drive it. He made me let go of the steering wheel and it just drove through. It's like sensing there's oh, wow. a bicycle. There's this, it auto drove me yeah. through there. Um, he said that he got 250 ish, you know, miles per charge, which that's respectable. That was cutting edge. This is probably a year and a half ago, two years okay. ago. Um, Glenn, imagine if, boom, Samsung comes out next week with a solid-state battery or Tesla comes out with this technology, and instead of 250 miles on a charge, you got 2,500. That would change travel immensely. How would that change the world? Can you imagine your laptop 10 times the, the, the time? Oh, man. Can you imagine your cell phone? Yeah. Your, yeah. your iPad, your cameras. Amazing. Uh, Amazing. It, and just think of that in the auto industry, how that's going to affect oil. I'm telling you what, any yeah. one of these things are cataclysmic. Mm-hmm. They're cataclysmic to central control. They're cataclysmic to banking. They're cataclysmic to the balance of economic power. 
yeah. to the energy paradigm, to big oil, to it's crazy. So battery power, they're on the cusp, man. All that stuff that I just rattled off. I just watched a video about solid state batteries. Look it up. It's fascinating. If I don't think they're putting us on, they keep getting better and better and better. And it's going to be a quantum leap. And when that happens, listen, um, you may think that, well, I, I mow lawns. I have a landscape company or I, I do this or that. Listen, people are going to have little robots that have enough. They already have them that will mm-hmm. mow your lawn and it just oh, yeah. does it really yeah. slow and it's yeah. smart and it'll come back. Yep. You know? It's like those little vacuums that cats like to let, ride on. Let me go ahead and get on number five. Number five is ro- robotics and automation. So we're tying all these together. All of these use everything that we've talked about, right? <laughs> Pretty much. And so you're looking at batteries, not just batteries, but also a quantum leap in solar power. They know it's going to happen. It's not like, oh, we hit a brick wall. They know that eventually affordable solar panels that are scary efficient are going to happen. Okay. So now if you can imagine solar, there again, Glenn, twofold. Look at the amazing power of decentralization. Think about having a homestead with complete solar power and off the yeah, chain you don't need a central power and, station to yeah, it, supply you anymore you've got a tractor that's running off your solar power because yep. that tractor can and be, there's big money in the energy energy industry think about it yeah so this is scary transition if this was nothing but just the battery okay if everything else that we've said up until now none of it was getting ready to happen or happening right now underneath the surface and all you said was we're getting ready to make a quantum leap in solar and battery power. It would scary change the world and probably put us at the brink of war. I'm not trying to scare you. This is the most exciting yeah, time to be alive. Because it's decentralized. It's decentralized. Anytime you decentralize, people get scared. Well, robotics, okay? And this, you know, it's it's it ties into everything else that we were talking about. Let me just pick one. I mean, it's wide open, but auto driving vehicles. Glenn. Do you know what the percentage is? I'm sorry for the setup, and then you get to be put. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not trying to make you a stooge. I'm trying to be conversational. I'll get better at this. Um, But do you know what? The the percentage blew me away. Let me phrase it a different way. But the percentage blew me away. 94% of all auto accidents are caused by human error and negligence. 94%. If you go and you research the billions and billions and billions of dollars that are paid into by premiums and paid out to accidents for settlements, it is this massive industry. It goes on every day. Tesla has said, hey, when we're able to get to that, whatever it is, level three or level four automated driving and do it legally, um, we will underwrite our own insurance. It's brilliant to do that. Because they could see a 94%. Let's say that their product wasn't up to snuff, but they were doing 80%. So they were a 15% is as much of, I don't even know how to say that, but you get what I'm trying to say. They didn't even have to, if if you reduce your cost by 94% in an industry, and then you're still collecting some premiums, even if you gave them half off or the insurance with Tesla is like half the price of insurance with anybody else and nobody can compete. Listen, there's going to be highways that are set up just for trucks that are probably going 150 miles an hour that are electric and they're auto driven. And you won't even be allowed on that interstate. It'll just be for interstate commerce flying down the road. Okay. They'll, they'll have them walled off or fenced. It's like some, some movie about science the fiction. Yeah. You can Absolutely. see, don't you feel the rudiment? Don't you feel the financial pathway of, of course that'll happen. 
I understand the financial dynamics behind that. I understand that how could an industry not do that? Right. How could you not? Because, whoa, we don't have to pay for this. We don't have drunk driver losses. We don't have, um, we're not bound by truck drivers having to sleep every 18 hours or whatever it is. And there again, you see the massive displacement. You see that what Lisa Dahl, that guy that looked like he was on the verge of weeping after being bested by AI, when a robot that never sleeps displaces a good, loyal, hardworking truck driver. Can't you see the riots and the fires a and the, time. the union pushback and the political speeches? And you get a little flavor for the future, don't you? That's what I really wanted to do. I hoped and prayed that I could get this information and present it in a way that people could hear and understand and get a little bit of a taste of the future. Folks, this is happening like at a speed that you're not, it's going gonna, it's gonna to jerk your head back. You don't get it, okay? When that guy asked me, he was like, you got to drive my Tesla, Dan. And I'm like, all right, you know. And, I, and he said, floor it. And I floored it. It jerked my head back. And I've driven fast cars, turbo cars and all this. It blew my mind. That's You're, you're about to take off in a Tesla. The next five years is going to blow your mind. And if you're not ready for it, it's going to be unnerving. You're going to get very dizzied by it. So You're going to get left behind. You will it, get left and behind. And you'll be destroyed. You, you know. will get left behind. Yeah. Last major point, and then I have kind of a thing that I want to um, go out on, t- tying it all together, and then get whatever rebuttal you have about it. Um, and robots, it, I just go with it. I mean, imagine, you know, it, you could do a whole 40 podcast about the social fallout of sex robots. Oh, that'd I, be yeah. Yeah, that'd be a, yeah. a, an edgy podcast to do. But think about the displacement. The, that you think gender roles are being challenged by feminism or being challenged by pornography or being challenged yes. by all these evils that are in the world. When the world's going to happen when men are like, Psh, I don't need you. And there's something that we've talked about when we talked about Nevermore Sentient Six. It was a revelation that we had in the midst of talking about it, is that the demonic are very much attracted to AI. Yes. And there's, there's an attraction there, and that's going to open up a whole different level of evil. Oh, yeah. They're desperate. They're, they're juicing for transhumanism and anything that they could get their hands yeah. on. So there's a lot to this, but the major things, this is the crux of it. There's going to be so much change happening so fast. Here's my main points. Let me try to be logical. Two huge dynamics. One, we've already discussed it at length. Decentralization. Number two, deflation. Technology is intrinsically deflationary. I'm going to say it again. Technology is deflationary. So when you have a massive breakthrough, what does it do? It cheapens everything. When you invent the cotton gin, when you have electrical power, then all of a sudden, whoa, everything's cheaper because now we're glutted. The market gets glutted. And we can mass produce. Prices go down. If all of a sudden... Insurance companies um, save 94% because they eliminate human error with the level four automated vehicles flying down the road. Um, All of a sudden, insurance is going to go down because every company is like scrambling for market share. What have we seen in our lifetime? Cell phones are like $1,300, $1,400 a month. My Mm -hmm. dad's company, they were like spending a fortune, but it was worth it for them in the 80s. And then now, you know, for 50, 40 bucks a month, you can have a smartphone and get unlimited data. Unlimited, yeah, it's right? crazy. And it's it's everything gets cheaper. 
think of what you expect right now. What do you expect from Google? Free everything. I want free Google Maps. I want free Google Gmail. I want free Google Drive. I want free word processing. I want free Google, what is it, uh, numbers or whatever it is. I want free um, all this stuff. And they do that for free. So the business models that people know, the ones that are currently becoming the trillion dollar companies, they're the ones that understand that technology is deflationary and they can make a killing by virtually giving stuff away. And then they just get all your information for free, you know, and then that information is the real power. So here's the, the, the thing. We have a double whammy going on with deflation because the antics of central banking around the world for the past hundred years, 107 in the States, um, the antics of central banking are causing on their own a deflationary crisis. And now you add that, stick a dual Holly four-barrel carburetor and a twin turbo and a posi traction rear end, and then that was car talk for the people in, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Um, But it's like, this thing is, is, there is no chance that it goes inflationary. We will have a a currency crisis at one point where the dollar will go up and, and do something weird. But the first thrust of this is going to be a massive nosedive into deflation. And it's more powerful. The more powerful paradigm is the fact that instead of paying a doctor $3,000 to give you an MRI and give you this big diagnosis as a super duper specialist, right? They're going to be able to pay somebody minimum wage to press a button on a computer AI, right? In a small, cheap computer, that's going to be able to eyeball your scan better than the most famous guy in the world. It's already true. Okay, that's already true. It's just not widely distributed yet. Okay, so all of a sudden, three thousand bucks goes to no. We can offer that. We can offer for fifteen. We can offer for eight hundred. And deflation begins happening. Every sector of your life is getting ready to get deflated. Glenn, I don't know what this means. I do know that without despair, this is the most exciting time to live ever. If you think your great grandparents or your grandparents saw something crazy, as far as Wow, they went from outhouse, no power, to flying first class on the Concorde. And to seeing rockets take off. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, they went that full spectrum. The spectrum that you and I are going to see and our kids are going to see is going to make that just look like nothing. So it's exciting. Is it a little scary? Yeah, I have to admit that it's really scary. I want to defuse some of my earlier fears about, oh, no, general AI. It's a little scary, but that's way further off. Um, even geometrically, that's you know, it's it's something big. I do believe that nations are scrambling. <sighs> Some of this gets paradoxical when you start to understand the AI arms race. Okay, AI, if it can make decision making with a strategy game like Go to win, right? Um, you better believe it's important for the governments of the world for defense. Oh, absolutely. Okay? So they're yeah. just going crazy yeah. on it, right? Well, that gets a little spooky. And almost at a point, Glenn, to be able to train AI, here's where it gets weird. They need information. So it's kind of weird that in China, they have the CCP, the Communist Party, and they're very autocratic. They're, they're the government, and the people better do what they say. So they're like, no, they have backdoors to all their phones, all their computers. They collect all the data that they want to collect. Okay, all right. In the United States... It's kind of weird because we have these quasi-DARPA, private, not private, win the contract. They're 
military industrial complex, yeah. if I will, right? And but they're not officially the state, and they're not officially. Pro- There's a gray area there, mm-hmm. and I don't like censorship, and I don't like wholesale data collection. But you know what's weird? It's almost at a point of national security importance that they glean all our information. It's a double-edged sword. It is. It's really a double-edged sword. But here's what I don't understand. If you glean information that's skewed because of autocratic overreach and censorship, meaning that what I'm typing and what I'm saying is not really psychologically the truth. It's not. I don't really mean I'm self-censoring because I don't want them to throw me in a camp and take my kidneys, Right. right, in China. So I'm putting information out there. How does AI differentiate between truth and self-censored nonsense? Good question. And I don't know that, but yeah, it's that's interesting. that's a really good question. Because then yeah. I'm sitting there going, I hate censorship. I can't stand it. And I could wax utopian and libertarian and go all over the place with that. I don't like certain the pedophilia, obviously, and just horrible things like that. So I'm not a... I'm not on that end of libertarian. I get it. It needs to be a basis of morality. You have to have the law of God in there somewhere, right? But then when I think about national security, I think about whoever wins the AI race wins. It's like, that's a little sketchy. That is. Puts me in a weird, uncomfortable position. So I don't know how all this plans out. I just know that it's super exciting. You better brace yourself to not get dizzy. This stuff's going to blow your mind. And within the chaos of, I think we may be stumbling, sliding into a very deep, but hopefully two to three year deflationary depression. That's my opinion. Um, If we don't, it's because the feds around the world will wax cartoonish. They'll go coyote and roadrunner bouncing off the canyon floor. They'll break the laws of banking physics, if you will. So there's going to be a lot of things that start going on here. And how all of that technology affects us in the middle of a deflationary depression when all of that technology itself is very deflationary. The landscape of the world when we come out of this, Glenn, I don't know what it's going to look like. Well, that shift is already taking place because you take a look at what's had to be done during the COVID shutdowns. Mm -hmm. We're having virtual classrooms. Face-to-face is almost non-existent right now. And whether or not we're going to see that again this school year. It's still debatable, even though there's schools planning to open. We're looking at virtual concerts. So technology is really, all these technologies that are out there now, like the Zoom and everything like that, we're starting to see that transition a little bit. Uh, And even you were talking about the cars. We have those safe features in cars now where your car yells at you when you're about to cross into a lane that you're not supposed to and, and hit another car. This is not science fiction stuff. It's not. And it's now time for the children of light to be wise, to take a look at these things, to consider these things that you have talked about, to take a look. You know, I really don't know how I've survived over the past, oh man, 20, 30 years without reading the book of Proverbs. Hmm. Because the book of Proverbs tells you to look at these things, to consider these things, to put it before the Lord. Where do I fit in with this? How does this affect me? Not to be foolish and not to be simple, to not be left behind. And that's what's going to happen to people. You know, the simple analogies, I have to say this, the simple analogies is like, well, following God's a lot like a football game. Okay. We need to get past that. Pastors need to get past that. They are not preparing their sheep for this. And a lot of people, to them, it is apocalyptic. 
Yeah. It, it is it's apocalyptic. Dizzying. Yeah, it is. Uh, if you think the past few months have been dizzying, as this stuff comes about, it's going to become even more dizzying. And what I was researching earlier is, yes, in Scripture, it does talk about acceleration. In the book of Daniel, it talks about knowledge going to and fro, and it's going to go faster. And it's a geometric acceleration. There's something that I came upon that we'll have to dive in in another podcast of divine acceleration, mm-hmm. which I think is probably akin to geometric acceleration. Because when you look at the divine, you're talking about geometry. You're talking about how did Jesus take Well, he instigated the timing. Yeah, he did. He none, did. Of, none of this is by accident. No, it's not. None of it. And the, the temptation of if, if the dizzying happens, that all of a sudden you're sitting there and your job is displaced um, by COVID or your job is displaced because of automated driving cars or whatever happens. The scary thing is, is that if you're not prepared for it, you'll be tempted for despair. Yes. But if you look at it and go, no, let me be wise. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Let's be wise. Let me sit there and go, what, what can I do that only a human can do? You know what my thing is? The, the thing that I feel the most comfort of going like, well, this would be something that I would guide and encourage my kids to do. A lot of that mo- modern technology may make our current paradigm of employment and earning look very precarious but what looks beautiful would be low overhead minimalistic yes. homesteading yep. because yep. using that technology if you could have solar panels that would rock like some of this stuff you could have battery powered this and that that would last you weeks and months and months it would be the best time ever to go back to 1810 yeah. but then have a mixture whether it was really cool you could live in luxury you could raise food you could do all these things you could have a little robot helping you tend your garden, but you could really rock a life instead of having to do the current paradigm. And look at where we are now in technology. With technology, the coffee got me. Got a little heartburn going it's on. Good it's good stuff, stuff man. Burn the esophagus. It's good. <laughs> yeah, like Grandpa's cough syrup. Um, years ago, when we were doing this, it's like, well, we got to be on a big blowtorch radio station to get the message out. Mm-hmm. Oh, we need to go out. We even found a radio tower that. Somebody was going to let us take down and move. And here we are in a converted spare bedroom, reaching the world through technology in a whole different way. Deflationary. It's deflationary. Decentralized. Decentralized. Exactly. Perfect example. Now, I'm just sitting here. I'm amazed at what we're able to do. And we're still on, we're still on video and we're going we're gonna to enhance that for our viewers as we do this. But dude, look at what we had to do for TV. See. You know, that was that was a whole day expenditure of energy, actually more than a day, of big bulky cameras, two or three camera people. Expensive stuff. Expensive stuff, editing after editing. We're not editing this video. We're just going right. to let it roll. And that is going to be better quality than... It's better than, quality than anything they used in the studio. Exactly. And I do have to say that this outfit is much better than that really ugly jacket and ties. You, got, you got some kind of urban vibe, dude. You look like you're ready to be like, hey. Hey, what's up? What's up? <laughs> what's up, Dan? <laughs> Me and Mac can go out yeah, and hit the street. Like, yeah, you're walking walking the street. Staying alive. Staying alive. <laughs> you can tell by the way yeah. I walk. Yeah, do my walk. talk or what. Uh, yeah. I'm a woman's man. <laughs> well, you know what's weird? Because stuff like this swirls in my head, especially when I've had like uh, three liters of coffee. When you sit there, we kind of know according to scripture. Correct me if I'm way off. But that it'll eventually, by God's ordination, become some sort of one-world government. It will, okay? yes. And we know now that all of our, you know, 
family and and uh, the extension of the family being that clan or that tribe and that community and that state and that nation that nationalism gets a bad rap but it's like it is natural it's intrinsic to be devoted to your family and to your friends and to be yes. loyal in the, in the peaceful sense as much as possible and so but now everything is we i sit there and look at the fallout from these sovereign releases of technology these things that are taking place and there's no way that it will not completely revolutionize the government systems of the world. Oh, absolutely. And it's this weird mixture between you're going to have to decentralize. I, I, and so that there may be a window, there may be a hundred years where libertarians can kind of taste a little bit. You can kind of go do your thing. And it's like, as long as you don't get in the beast way, it'll leave you alone. You know? And, And here's the problem with all of these advances and with everything that's going on. It's like we said earlier, it's a double edged sword. There's going to be a benefit at first. But because we are corrupt, like we were talking about oh, at the beginning, yeah. it's going to be taken, and that's how it's going to be molded into, oh, we're going to use this now to control people. We're going to use this. Which one of those five things from AI, cryptocurrency, blockchain, robotics, and quantum leap forward and energy, which one of those things do you have probably the most uh, impact from, like going like, whoa, like you, which can you visual, visualize the most? Um, it's the blockchain. Okay. It's really the blockchain. I'm very fascinated by the blockchain, especially for our listeners who are in the arts and the, in the music industry, uh, because we've heard it. And I have to reiterate this. They don't get what they deserve from putting it on all these other platforms from it being everybody's taking a cut. And then also there's the censorship. And that's something that we have had to fight through a little bit, not overtly. Yeah. But, you know, for several months, we were riding high on Podbean. You know, yeah, we were riding high, and then all of a sudden we mention a few things, or something. It picks up that thinks we're mentioning a few things. Uh, it 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 goes all the way down. And you don't ever wax political. I crack no. a joke every once yeah. in a while, but it's because we are deemed conservative. Huh. Well, yeah, yeah. And the the, yep, the, yep, sin, yep. the syntax too of just there was something that you typed appropriately that was completely unrelated. Yep. But the algorithm took it and thought it was somebody. Thought it was something else. Something yes, else. and I even asked. I even sent a uh, email to Podbean. We're probably going to be kicked off of Podbean after that, but that's fine. We got other avenues. Uh, I sent an email. I was like, "How come you can't find us in the search results? Because you used to be able to." Yeah, and they sent me back this nebulous. Well, you know, because of this, and made absolutely no sense. I was like, "Yeah, okay, I know what's going on." Yeah, yeah. For the most part, we're family friendly unless you don't get enough coffee, and then we usually edit that out. <laughs> Ah, ah. No. Anyway, well, this is uh, this is a lot there. So, for our listeners, if you um, if you're impacted by this, think about the technology. Some some books that people might find interesting. If you want to know more Put about inflation, Doctor Seuss <laughs> is pretty heavy for that. Now, there's a book called The Price of Tomorrow. I forget the author's name, but it's on Audible. Um, the guy's not too red pilled on certain aspects, in my opinion, but the book is absolutely fascinating. And the guy was uh, successful in big tech, but he knows a lot of things. There's another one called Life After Google. Absolutely fascinating. Talks about the paradigm of the walled gardens to keep the rabbits out versus decentralized public open ledger. You know, so it's verifiable by 9,000 different computers. And unless you ma- match up with consensus, yeah. you're out. So two fascinating books there and a couple of different ones. But yeah, it's good stuff. Don't despair. Don't freak out. Look at it and go like, wow. If you're young and you're thinking about what to study, 
it would greatly behoove thee to probably go, let me think about this, you know, let me think about where can I actually, you know, get, how can I surf this wave and not be drowned not by this drowned wave by, economically? Because yeah, exactly. you're going to have to think about that. We all are. Exactly. And there's going to be certain things that they do need humans to keep doing. And I guarantee you there will be government and union pushback because this is going to happen so quickly technologically, but society's not going to be ready for it. And how is that going to be societally implemented in the middle of uh, an economic downturn? And this has happened before. There have been revolutions like this before. And there's always... But never so geometric. It's it's fast. This is going to be really fast. That's because we're getting closer and closer to the end of the chapter. Mm. Yeah. And that's what it says in Scripture in the book of Daniel. Knowledge going forth to and fro. And that's something we're going to take a look into is this this concept of divine acceleration and see how that relates to the geometric acceleration. So... For you out there in radio and TV land, if you want to shoot Dan a question or shoot us a question, you can do so. Um, you can get us at lithoscry, L-I-T-H-O-S-C-R-Y at gmail.com. And if you want to find out more about us, check us out at lithoscry.com. And we will be back. I'm going to go moose up my hair for the next episode. Go for it. Yes, we got, we got some exciting things <laughs> coming up in about 45 minutes. So we will talk to you later. Peace out, people. Lithoscry.com.